Welcome to The Gathering Place with Blessed Is She. I'm Jenna Gizar. And I'm Beth Davis. Pull up a chair and grab a drink. Or you could just keep doing what you're doing. Pull up a chair in your heart. (laughs) Come chat with us about Jesus, prayer, community, and life. So let's get started. Hi, Beth. Hi, Jenna. How are you? So good. That was a great VBS. I had such a good time. It was my first time actually enjoying a chapter of Acts. Wow. And you didn't even like this chapter. It's kind of crazy that you liked it so much. It's really just because I was in the chapel. Praying in front of the Blessed Sacrament changes so much. Yeah, Jesus changes everything. Literally everything. Yeah. I was listening to this talk yesterday that said, you cannot exaggerate the goodness of God. What? Yeah. Amen. He said you can distort it. You can twist it. You can like lie about it, but you can't exaggerate the true goodness of God. He said, I dare you to try. I mean, Isn't that cool? I would love to magnify. Mm. We don't have to exaggerate, yeah. but I want to magnify the goodness of God. I've heard worship leaders talk about this, like songwriters say that they strive to think up new ways mm. to talk about how good the Lord is, how generous, how kind. Even when I find myself talking about how good the Lord has been to me, it's like I can't get it out. Totally. I don't even have the vocabulary to articulate how precious yeah. his love is, how extravagant it is, how deep and healing and tender it is. Like I need more words yeah. because the experience of it, it changes me to the core. The experience of it is <laughs> obviously very hard to talk about. Yeah. It has to be felt. Totally. When we got back from the Annapolis retreat, I was talking about how I just feel this draw to not just work on being a disciple in Blessed Is She, Mm -hmm. but really being a disciple in my own life. And that begins with walking with my husband, not him just being an accessory to my life, Mm -hmm. but actually like walking and talking about the Lord and praying with him in like a really intentional way. And then my children too. They're the primary people that I need to disciple. They're not little people who don't get to know about it yet. Do you know what I mean? Totally. They need to know about it right now. Jesus saved us, that he is a savior, that we have someone who wants a relationship with us to draw us closer to the Father. They need to know that before anyone in Blessed Is She needs to hear that from my mouth. Absolutely. Do you know what I mean? More than adults, children need to know it. Because imagine if you had grown up with a deep, solid foundation of God's nature, his character, his personal love for you. Imagine if you built your life on that foundation rather than, like I think many of us, me, have had to go back and rebuild the foundation or study the foundation because it was built sort of faulty or uneven. Yeah. So we've been reading Psalms with the girls. I think you recommended to read Psalms Mm. on one of the VBSs. And I mean, it still is so over their head today. Cecilia was like, why does it say God hates evildoers? I'm like, this is, this is a lot. Well, (laughs) this is a lot to explain. Wow. And I don't even know. Wow. Talk about being put on the hot seat. (laughs) Totally. (laughs) Totally. But we were just in the beginning of Psalms. And today we read Psalm 5, and it was trust in God for deliverance from enemies. The beginning of the psalm is, O Lord, in the morning you hear my voice. 
in the morning, I plead my case to you and watch. Just to give that language to my daughters, Mm -hmm. to tell them in the morning, he hears your voice and you just get to stand there and watch his glory. That's something so little. And I asked them after, what stood out to you? And the hate of evildoers was what stood out. I was like, okay. The word is a seed. You're planting it. Just even the language of God, the language of prayer is being planted in their hearts. Yeah. So they'll know how to do it. Yeah. I've also been drawn to the Psalms recently. And a priest friend, Father John Burns, he had recommended to me to read Song of Songs. Cool. Mm -hmm. Which I've read before. Yeah. And he gave me a great book recommendation because it is a very confusing. Very confusing. (laughs) Book. book. But I'm finding myself really drawn to like poetry and song. What's the book recommendation? It's called The Cantana of Love. I thought the Song of Songs is like eight chapters long. This is just going to be essentially like a little commentary. No, the book is like as big as Bible. It's huge. What? Yeah. So I'm finding myself (laughs) like the Psalms, Ecclesiastes, Song of Songs are all poetry books in this library of scripture that we call the Bible. And I'm finding myself really drawn to the more emotional first person prayers that are like sung or written. And in fact, I have a verse for the year, which is kind of new. I've always had a a word for the year, but the more people I meet, I like pick up little practices. And I remember someone else telling me that they get a scripture for a year and I'm just very greedy in prayer. (laughs) So I was like, well, I want a scripture in prayer. So my scripture for the year has been Psalm 68, verse 5. Father of orphans and protector of widows is God in his holy habitation. God gives the desolate a home to live in. It goes on. But really for me, my word this year is daughter. So the beginning of that verse, father of orphans and protector of widows has been beautiful for me. But the second part, God gives the desolate a home to live in. You know, after living here for two years, I'm trying to live here. I want this to feel like home. Not that I still feel like Flagstaff is home, but I'm wanting this to feel like home. And that takes time. And I think it started with you know, not loving where I lived. And I thought maybe that meant I needed to move. But turns out, you know, painting my bathroom was like everything. I got a new mirror. Oh my gosh. And we were in Maryland this weekend. Did I tell you this? My landlord said, hey, I bought you a new toilet. When are you coming back? What? The tank was cracked. I'd never seen it because it was up against the wall. Yeah. So I came home. He'd hung my new, like beautiful beveled oval mirror of a new toilet new paint in the bathroom. And now I want to be there. Now you just want to live in your bathroom. Kind of. (laughs) I mean, I like just find myself walking in and out of the bathroom because it's starting to feel like a home. Yeah. Whereas before it was, it's just a landing place. I sleep there. You're not like spending hours before bed there. Right. You're like out and about and then you come home and sleep. Right. And now I want to. So I feel like at the beginning of the year, I thought this verse meant... I was going to move into a quote unquote real home. Wow. And now I think it's about being at home in my own life. Yeah. Right where I am. That's cool. Yeah. How beautiful. So I think it's interesting that the Lord is doing similar things in us too, like kind of rooting us. For sure. At home. Yeah. Mike has just been going through some stuff over the past couple of weeks and he texted me while we were in Maryland and he just said, I feel really called to help more at home. Mm. And to like be at home. Isn't that crazy? Like all three of us are kind of going through that same prodding from the Lord Mm -hmm. to really like 
make a home with him at the center of it too for us. I was talking to a friend who said there's a real spiritual realm. We believe in that. We believe in dark angels. Fallen angels, sure. Demonic spirits are fallen angels. Yes. Yeah. So he talked about how there are angels looking for homes, fallen angels looking for homes to like come into. Yeah, scripture says it. Basically, I want my house to be a house of prayer Mm. where a fallen angel feels the light emanating. Whoa. That they are not welcome here. Like this place is not a place for them. It's a house of prayer. That's all over Acts. Our houses of prayer are being formed. Jesus talks about a similar thing about fallen angels or demonic spirits like looking for empty places to come oh. and fill. So when a demon has been cast out, it's in Luke 11. Some haters were like challenging Jesus. He casts out Beelzebub by the spirit of Beelzebub, yes. whatever. Okay. That all seems very confusing. But Jesus says something interesting. Verse 24, when the unclean spirit has gone out of a person, it wanders through waterless regions looking for a resting place, but not finding any. It says, I will return to my house from which I came. When it comes, it finds it swept and put in order. Then it goes and brings seven other spirits, more evil than itself, and they enter to live there. And the last state of the person is worse than the first. So basically, you have to fill up the empty space. Not just sweep it. (laughs) (laughs) Just make it clean. Well, this is why like in deliverance, when you like repent and reject and rebuke a spirit, this is why you always invite the Holy Spirit, you invite oh, light and love it. to fill the void. Because otherwise, the unclean spirit is just going to come right back. But like you're saying, the more we fill our homes with the presence of Christ, with prayer, yes. with our families, that space is filled up. Nothing's coming in there because it's already full. It's already full of angels. It's already full of light. Totally. It's full of the presence of Christ. And that repels darkness. Light repels darkness. So I'm just feeling very motivated to make my house a house of prayer. Amen. That we are praying rosaries, that we are worshiping, that we are frequenting the sacraments, that that's a part of our family culture. Anytime there's sickness or unrest, anxiety, anything that we are rebuking, anything that is not of the Lord and inviting the Holy Spirit into our home. I'm not doing it out of fear of evil. I'm doing it because God is worthy and I want my family to sing of the glory of God with our lives. And I want our lives to be full of light that no darkness can come invade our space. And not only to the benefit of your own family, but yeah. we see in Acts over and over again, when there are homes that become like oh my a, gosh, a so beacon true. of hope for people. Yes. Cornelius is one. Lydia is one. Where people gather. Sweet guard. His whole family is baptized. The guard in Acts 16. He invites his whole family to come and hear the good news. People are attracted to that light. And then your home becomes a place of refuge, a place of lightness where people Mm. can come and feel relief just through the presence of Christ in your home. And that doesn't mean putting on like a fancy party. Who's got time for that? It doesn't have to be a big deal. So I keep meaning to tell you this. I've decided that I need to be at home at least one night I love this for you. There's nothing that's happening. I just can't be on the run all the time. And we do lots of evening events or calls. I go to counseling in the evening, things like that. But I just need to be intentional about being at home, enjoying my space, 
winding down at the end of the day. And I told a friend of mine about it. And she asked if we could do something. Tonight is one of my nights at home. And literally, it's like I only have one night a week. So I'm trying to be very protective of it. And she said to me, do you need to be alone yeah. at home? Or, or could can I, I come, come over? over? <laughs> and I was like, you can. Because I think a part of why I didn't love where I lived is it's really small. It's just me. I'm never home. I don't need a ton of space. But there was like a little embarrassment about it. You know, this isn't really a warm place, a place where I feel like I can open my home and host. But Lexi was like, can I just bring a bottle of wine and can Stop. we just talk at your house? And really thinking about that makes me want to cry. Yeah. I never have people over. So I think that's another step for me in enjoying my home is having people over. I hope that's a word of encouragement to you college students listening or, you know, young professionals and you just have your little space, your like little studio. If I can do it, you can yeah. do it. I just think it's so important to have a home base, especially in a culture and a life that is so busy. The pace can really sweep you away. So to make a conscious effort to pray at home, to be at home, to invest in family relationships is huge. You know, I've said for a long time, I'm not very maternal. That's not natural for me. That's something that I think I've always used as an excuse to not draw close to my kids or to like being a wife or a homemaker. I don't like to be in the kitchen. I don't know. Things yeah. that like I think are associated obviously with like making a home. But I guess the maternal thing has really convicted me lately. Even if I wasn't like that, the Lord is calling me to grow. I don't want to own that anymore, that I'm not like that, you know? Yeah. Like I want to own that I'm being made new by the Lord. If he gave me this family and these children, he can make me into his own creation. I don't just stay the person I was at 20 who never wanted kids and never wanted to be married. 12 years later, I can start to accept that these are gifts and I can change and he can change me to be just the right person for my family. The beautiful thing is, friend, you are just the right person. He's always seen that in you and you've been becoming that person all along. I'm excited to like start loving that as mm. opposed to like begrudgingly having a life that I didn't know if I fit into. I think we all have something like that, some area where we think this is not a good fit. And yet this is my life. How do I embrace it instead of just get through it? It's beautiful that the Lord is doing the same thing in your heart and Mike's heart at the same time. Totally. It's such proof that there is only one spirit, the Holy Spirit. And so when God is preparing to do something new, something different, something hopeful or exciting, he's going to confirm that along the way. Yeah. Life is just busy. And it's easy to say, oh, it's just a busy season. It'll slow down when. But I sat down, I looked at my calendar recently. I'm like, there's no slowing down. This is the pace of life. So if I don't get intentional about rest, about home, about enjoying my life right now, I'm going to miss it. 
the Lord has been doing this really quiet, beautiful thing in my heart that when I leave the house in the morning or when I leave work in the evening, even when I just go out in the middle of the day, I'm really trying to notice what's happening in the natural world, which maybe sounds like very simple, very basic, but I've just been trying to notice the sunrise, take it in and just be still for a minute. It's nothing profound. It's not the most beautiful sunrise I've ever seen. There's just something that the natural world communicates to my heart through beauty, really. I think that's it, is I'm just trying to soak in the beauty of creation. And for me, a big part of that has been the sunrise and the sunset. And also watching birds. You're going to start bird watching? (laughs) No, it's not like I'm like an animal person. I'll just be driving and I'll notice birds flying in a V formation in the sky. And I don't know, it just like pulls me out of myself. I think our phones do that. We're always looking down. And so to notice the birds traveling is something that like makes you notice more. For sure. You know, it's just you're out of your normal element. And so I am noticing things. And I just notice like this whole flock of birds fly up, lift up like in unison and land on the ledge of a building. And I thought of the words of Jesus, where he says, consider the birds. And just to stop right there, not to go on and read the whole thing about worry, but look up. It's been really oddly a rooting thing for me, just to look up at the sun, to look up at the clouds, to look up at the birds. It's making me feel more at home in my life, Mm -hmm. in my day, in my body. The other day, Mike and I walked around the neighborhood and did a rosary together. What? Yeah. You know, we just needed to get out. And it was so incredible to go outside and walk with my husband and do a rosary. It seems so little. It seems so trite. You're praying a rosary. Mary's intercession, which is so powerful. I don't think this side of heaven will ever understand the benefits of the rosary. You're outside breathing fresh air. You're seeing the sunrise and you're walking, you're moving your body. Such a simple thing that accomplishes so much. Yeah. I don't know why we resist doing simple things that will make all the difference. It seems like we need a lightning bolt. The simple doesn't seem big enough. It reminds me of the Eucharist. We want the clouds, we want the glory, we want the big booming voice from heaven, and yet he comes to us under the veil of bread and wine, and he remains with us in this little white host, just humble and quiet in the tabernacle or in the chapel, just beckoning us, always calling, just come here, come a little closer, come spend time with me, but it's so subtle. It's not flashy. I think that's why people are attracted to new age is because they want instant results. So true. They want power. They want flash. They want to see things. But the Lord, he moves like the tectonic plates. Yeah. It's like almost imperceptible. And yet he's shaping the future of the world just with these granular yeah. <laughs> movements, even in our own lives. He's shaping our future in just the most subtle, loving way. It's beautiful. Again, I listened to this talk the other day. It was kind of talking about worship and being in worship environments and how sometimes 
we can say, you know, I'm just not feeling like worshiping right now or praising God. But that's when your prayer is most honest. Even when you don't feel like it, you're saying this God is still worthy. Even if I'm not feeling in the mood and I do it anyway, it's saying he's always worthy of the praise. Even if I don't feel it, it's not about me. It's always about giving the one who is worthy of everything, of my life, of my praise. Even when I'm not feeling it, he's still worthy. I mean, isn't that the key to life? Just doing things when you don't feel like it. (laughs) Totally. totally. (laughs) Yeah. I don't have to feel like going to the chapel, but Jesus is worthy of all of me. My family is worthy of my presence and service. Jenna, your virtue amazes me. No, seriously, I think you have, in the words of Blythe Fike, which she probably got this from a saint, you have a lot of human virtue that I don't have. Just very natural virtue. You meet people in life, secular people, I'm not calling you secular, but Mm -hmm. you can know a lot of good people. They're just naturally kind and they're not motivated by Jesus. And yet they're still like a good person. And that baffles me because I don't know that I am. (laughs) Like I don't have a lot of human virtue. I have a lot of brokenness that the Lord has delighted in healing and making me whole and growing virtue in me. But you, friend, just as a natural state of being, have a lot of human virtue. And I find it really inspiring. Thanks, Beauty. Well, Beth, I'm excited to see you make your home a home in your own little heart. Thanks, Jenna. Me too. I think it's a new season for you too, for you and Mike and for the kids. And I think it will bear much fruit, not only for the girls, you know, but in your heart, in the ministry. I think the more you right order your life, the more fruit there is in all of the other things that God is asking of you. Yeah, I'm excited. Me too, for you. Shall we pray? Yeah, let's do it. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit, do you fill our hearts again with your light, with your peace, with your presence? Would you give us discernment, God? grace of discernment, your Holy Spirit living on the inside of us to show us where you're moving. So Lord, would you highlight the one thing that you're calling us into, God? We don't need to be overwhelmed with all of the things and make all of the changes. It doesn't have to be flashy. But Lord, in your gentle way, would you just coax out, would you call to mind that one thing, Lord, that one way that's going to make our life more peaceful, more beautiful, more honoring to you, God. We love you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. As you were praying that it not be a bunch of things, because I think that's what Mike and I can both tend towards is we're going to make a massive change. Today in the chapel, I was just praying just that my heart would be in a posture of prayer, Mm. that no matter what I'm doing, I'm in a posture of prayer. 
doesn't have to be all of the devotions and all of the new alarms you're going to set to prayer times or whatever, but just that our posture be a posture of prayer. Beautiful. It's exactly the sense I had in prayer. It's not all the things. Right. All the time. Right. It's just to let God show you just the one thing that kind of keeps coming up that maybe seems too simple to just do that one thing. Good stuff. Can't wait to hear about it. Mm-hmm. Thanks for chatting with me, Beth. Always, friend. Love you. Talk to you soon. Bye. Thanks so much for gathering with us here on the Blessed Is She podcast. Send over all your questions using the Anchor app. We'd love to hear from you. Connect with us at blessedisshe.net slash community and join us on all your favorite social media platforms. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I love Twitter. Until next time. <laughs>